Hello guys and welcome to the Big Screen Podcast. Today we are going back to a film franchise that we reviewed a few weeks ago. Talking of which, I have to make an apology before we do start and get introduced to the guests. A few weeks ago, I made a statement. And the statement was that the visual quality of Dune was impaired because of the quality of the film. That is false. I went to the cinema today and I noticed the same issue, but with Eternals. So I would like to make a massive apology for saying that June looked bad because it wasn't, it was the film screen. Okay, so today I am with Dominic J. Martin. How are you, Dom? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm doing very well. This is the first time we've actually on like a laid back podcast, I think. Like before, it's always been game shows where I just get shouted at for good reason, to be fair. But uh, yeah, this is more laid back. So to summarize you... You're Dominic J. Martin. You're a male. You're from the United <laughs> Kingdom. Uh, well, Thank you. Done. That's very broad. Uh, yes, you are a YouTuber, a chaser, technically, uh, the doctor, technically, a panelist, and a, an event goer. And considering all the charity work you've done, I suppose I can call you a podcaster as well. Hooray. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> we've worked together many times. So um, if you guys don't know who Dom is, where the hell have you been? Uh, but yeah, that sums up Dom very well. But Matt, Matt, uh, he's a YouTuber and he has met the biggest flex of them all, Bambino Becky. How was oh, it me and many her? Times. <laughs> oh, many times. Me and Becky, good friend. Me and Becky, good friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's brilliant. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Stokes. Nice to meet you all. It's a pleasure to be here. Pa- pass me your number, please. <laughs> I'll text it to you now. I'll text you Becky's as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, Matt is on because it was originally just going to be Dom, but I put out the audience interaction tweet, like collecting responses, and then Matt came out of the blue. Well, not out of the blue because you have posted on the Artware page many times, and I thought, you know what? First of all, you're giving a different opinion to me, so I think the contrast of opinions would be nice. Second of all, you have posted quite a bit on the Twitter channel, so I thought... Why not have you on for an episode? So, again, it is a pleasure to have you. And oh, thank uh, you. I'm looking forward to reviewing Halloween Kills with you both. Because, again, we did review it with um, Michael a few weeks ago. And we reviewed 1978 Halloween and also 2018 Halloween, which is yep. the two prequels to this. Um, I have not watched the franchise. I was meaning to watch the sequel to, like, the original sequel to Halloween, like the 1981 version. But I never got around yep. to it because I was going to have, like, a discussion about, like, which sequel is better. Um or least worse, I suppose. But <laughs> have you guys watched the franchise and to what extent? I've had experience yep. with the franchise. Um, I have seen the first uh, the first Halloween movie, but I've read a lot about the, uh, the uh, ones afterwards. Because uh, when it comes to me, I love like reading about uh, terrible sequels that I'm probably never going to watch. Um, <laughs> and that can kind of describe a lot of the back half of the original Halloween franchise. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, there is obviously we've got so many different timelines now because you've got the Jamie Lloyd stuff and then you've got the the Rob Zombie stuff. Uh, There Mm. is so much. And now you've got this new reboot timeline. It's Mm. a a really disjointed 
it's a, it, it, it's a miracle that people are still keeping up with it because you could very easily be confused. I don't think there's really been many cases where a franchise has rebooted itself, then jumped back to the original continuity while still eliminating the rest of it. It is yeah, quite an achievement. I'll just mm. chuck out this question for you, Don, before I do ask Matt the same question. What sequel do you prefer, the 1981 version or this? And by this, I actually meant the 2018 version. Um, yes. And again, yeah, when you think about it, there's about three different Halloween twos. I mean, yeah. Oh God, it's all in Halloween. I mean, there's. Oh, if you think about it too much, it will make your head hurt. Yeah, because it's it's like Marvel levels of just like numbers. Because there's what twenty five films about that. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. And I'm not looking forward to watching it, especially when about ninety percent aren't like well popular at all like they're all bad and i just think oh i can't be bothered but just for the sake of completion you know yeah i know that's me with the hellraiser franchise at least mm. at least about uh, we've reached the point where seven out of the ten movies are bad but i'm gonna you watch them all eventually yeah. yeah it's the same with james bond i reviewed it a few weeks ago and i was like straight onto amazon i'll buy the box set and i'll crack it open and i would like watch a movie every week and then i haven't done that yet it's still up in my bedroom without being opened but i will eventually uh, get through all the james bond franchise just for the sake of completion because i loved no time to die love skyfall love casino royale we won't talk about quantum of solace uh but the others <laughs> yeah fantastic uh so matt how about you what's your like experience with the franchise so I am obviously part-time Doctor Who nerd, but also I'm a big, big, big-time uh, horror film fan. So all the classic films in particular, I absolutely love. Halloween is probably my favourite horror film. Um, oh, slash mm. film. Do you like Hellraiser? So, Do you like Hellraiser? You know what? I've never seen it now. Would you recommend it? Extremely recommend it. Do check it out. I think you'll like it. Mm. Okay, let me jot it down. <laughs> so yeah, Halloween is is up there for me. I absolutely love it. Every year, I get obsessed with Halloween. Um, so yeah, I've seen I've seen all films. Um, the Rob Zombie, the originals, the new ones. I absolutely love them all. How about now? That, that is better. perfect. That How is better, fab, yeah? actually. Uh, so yeah, Halloween Kills. It's a new film, a part of the franchise. It follows on from the 2018 version. And of course, the 1978 version, and it is a part of a trilogy, a remake, reboot trilogy, I suppose. Even though it's like a quadruple of films in this continuity, but this is a trilogy from something green. I'm going to quickly Google his name. What's the director's name, guys? That's a <sighs> no very good question. Uh, David <laughs> Gordon Green. Green. There, we, there go. we go. David Gordon Green. Uh, so, yeah, he's making this trilogy. I really like the 2018 version. This film, not so much, but he will be releasing the 2022 movie next year, of course, towards the end of the year. Uh, and this film does set up a lot of that towards the end, I suppose. But again, I'm not really looking forward to it after watching this. Uh, but I know we have opposing views there. So I'll start with my first note. I have went chronologically this time, uh, unlike most weeks. So my first note really is the movie starts with <coughs> Dylan Arnold on the phone talking to his deceased friend about a relationship souring, but the plot for that goes absolutely nowhere. I do like his performance across the film. Uh, it's surprisingly fun for such a horrific film, uh, but he balanced the emotions of goofy and seriousness really well. Also, did we ever see the deceased friends that had his head put through the spike in the previous film again? Like, uh, yeah. we saw the cutaway, but 
I don't think that goes anywhere. No, no, I don't think we did, no. No, right. No. Yeah, and it's really weird because, like, uh, the officer, Hawkins, who was found, like, the guy who died on the spike wasn't even that far away. So not even to get, like, a, a bit of dialogue to say that he had been found, like, as a throwaway line, it just felt really odd, especially yeah. since we had the cutaway to him. But, yeah, the opening sequence, fine, fine, fine. But Frank Hawkins, as I did say, he turns out to be alive still. And we find this out by Cameron Dillon's character just touching him, uh, which seems to be a recurring thing in this film. I found want to, yeah. recite, want to revive someone from the dead. Just touch them. Just touch, the touch them. of The touch of <laughs> yeah. life. Yes. Not even resuscitation, which I thought they were going to go for because he was just like playing around with his like uh, outfit. And I thought, oh, he's going to perform resuscitation, which was to seem odd anyway because he's got blood coming out of his neck. Uh, but then all and of a sudden... you saw him oh! die in the last film. Exactly. And then you have the woman later who gets a bloody light shoved through her neck and then she's mm. still alive to see her husband get stabbed. And I just... Yeah. Yeah. It just takes away the horror of Michael Myers because I'll touch upon it later, but the thing that like pulls us into the franchise, I think, is Laurie being stalked by Michael and our uh, relationship with Laurie. So to have like the doctor tell Myers where to go and it removes that kind of speciality or whatever. So it removes that special connection. And also when it like presents Michael as a ruthless killer, but then he doesn't kill his victims or he kills him mm. or he tries to kill them in a very weird way and doesn't it just gets rid of like the personality for me and i think this is a massive step down from the 2018 version because of these weird decisions from the director what do you guys think i have to agree i mm. felt that a lot of the deaths in this movie were kind of comical to be honest yeah. um i there were also a combination of almost god awful decisions from the from the uh, from the characters mm. uh, then some of them could have easily have been avoided really i forgot uh, yeah. my tethoscope that yeah it's egregious one yeah, I yeah. Really <laughs> shame for like such a film i wish it was more innovative in that respect like going back to a cliche such as that when you're like two movies into a trilogy i just think come on it's 2021 or whenever this was filmed you can do yeah. better, you know? Yeah, you can be a bit cleverer than that. And also there was the, like, the woman, um, I've forgotten her name, but yeah, the woman that got the light shoved in her neck. Yeah. Um, she was on the, on the way to escaping. She was on the cusp of escaping, but instead decided, you know what, this man's killed my husband, I think I'll take him on. Um, <laughs> and that is such... A stupid move, seeing as the characters clearly know of the legacy of the Myers, mm. and for, for it should just inexplicably decide, you know, it's a one-on-one -on -one outside Nando's. Come fight me, blood, and <laughs> fails in every single regard. And somehow, as you said earlier, still survives enough to see Michael desecrating the corpse of her husband with yeah. repeated knife after knife. And I think it's the reverse of what you said. Uh, will mm. uh, in the way that it doesn't take away from the personality it's an attempt to give him personality that's what mm. makes it fall flat 
Yeah, I think there was a moment in the previous film where I kind of liked something like that, but it gave him a bit of personality in the respect that he could have killed the baby in the 2018 movie because we hear the crying and then he walks towards the baby crying and you think, oh, he's going to kill the baby. But then he just looks yeah. at the baby and then walks away. And I mm. and Michael disagreed, but I personally think that's a really good bit of personality building and a great bit of attention. But this film doesn't do that for me. And I completely agree with you. Maybe I just worded it a bit different. We can have two different perspectives. No, yeah, yeah depends on what you take. Uh, yeah, but we we absolutely agree there. Um, Matt, defend it. <laughs> you, you like this film? <laughs> you know really what? I do like you. this film. You're absolutely right. Um, mm. But I hate to say it, I do I do agree with you. The deaths were so comical. It was not embarrassing, but embarrassing. Um, <laughs> yeah. One in particular was, as we've all seen it, you know, the girl, the girl that shoots herself by mistake. Yeah! Oh, um, come oh, on! Yeah, she gets <laughs> shot in the head. <laughs> she was like, it literally opens that the was... door and just like, bang! I was like, why is she like, going I back anyway? <laughs> I think Michael Myers is like such a badass villain who is like practically unstoppable, if not, you know, like immortal. But that for me did make me think like, uh, people aren't going to like this, let alone me not like this, who's like a hardcore Halloween fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. But the thing is, we've discussed like the theme of is he immortal before? And I personally think maybe, maybe he is. And I know Michael was not keen on the idea at all. But for me, at least in this film, how he escapes from the burning building, because at the end of the last film, it was like, oh crap, he cannot, surely he can't get out of this situation. But then when I, before yeah. I watched it, I saw like the promo picture for Halloween Kills and it showed him escaping the, um, yeah, the house that was on fire. That. So yeah, so the ending for the film was a bit ruined because I knew he escaped, of course. Um, but yeah. I was still interested because I thought that it was going to be like a really easy exit. But this film shows the exit and it's not because it's like he's used his surroundings to his advantage. He's not just stood there like surviving the flames. He's actually found a little bit of um, wall where he can put the shutters down so he can kind of yeah. be safe from the fire, which I felt was really good. Even though I do wonder, because I was going to go back to the first uh, 2018 film and see if there was actually space behind the shower because the shower he, he opened that he was hid behind i think that was the guns like the gun what do you call it wall the gun locker yeah. yeah yeah so i i don't think there was room enough for a man to be in there but just the way it was shot in this film like it, it supposedly is enough room because now they can obscure the background and it's not a major focus on the guns so they can do that so a bit of continuity there yeah and by the way, there's going to be a few continuity issues in this in this review because, my God, there yeah. are some really bad ones. <laughs> the ending in particular actually annoyed me. Like the ending. Even I'll agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I really liked about this film initially uh, was having the flashbacks to the Halloween nights of 1978. Uh, it gave a subplot to the events we didn't see in the timeline. It shows Michael actually being caught and locked away. And we never saw that before. We were only told about yeah. it. Nah. So yeah, that's a neat callback. And also to the dog killed in the 1978 film. We also see that when the police officers go uh, around his house, we see like the gutted dog, which is apparently a theme in the Halloween franchise. And um, the whole sequence in the house that was on fire, I think was excellently directed, utilizing door arches, not the one on fire, just the Michael's house. Uh, I think it was yeah. excellently directed, utilizing door arches and holes in the staircase to great effect. And um, yeah, I thought the direction was really impressive in some sequences and particularly towards the start. I, I, I'm with you on that one. 
Mm. Just, mm. just going back quickly to first off about him being immortal like that mm. that is such an interesting concept with michael myers now as doctor who fans you probably get what i mean by this but like to me it doesn't seem like he's immortal it gives me tortured miracle day vibes um mm. where yes. you just yeah. can't die if you know what i mean that's yeah. what i feel like yeah. michael myers is more like if that's the thing he does take damage he, he clearly takes damage but he just doesn't die it's kind of like yeah. more yeah. on the vein of jason Voorhees in that sort of respect which i did feel this movie pushed yeah. him further in that direction towards as if this is more of a he's michael but with the uh, mortality level of jason yeah, yeah because no, there's a bit at the end where he's like being beaten to the ground and like beaten and shot yeah and, and taken and out he just comes back up from the dead and kills them all and i just think yeah, I, I like how it was shot i don't like how it was edited together but how it was directed and like the redemption kind of story of michael i thought was really daunting and i think some of the kills were really impressive but i just think surely if you're in that situation and you have a murderer right there Surely you would just like put multiple bullets in the head. Yeah, that makes that, me sound like a psychopath. But like you no, wouldn't like, no. get like a garden, what do you call it, a hoe, and then whack him with it. You'd get a gun. Their logic more. and their execution of the whole, you know, beatdown was bad because they just didn't. If this was guy was like so dangerous and so deadly, they wouldn't. They shouldn't have stopped until that body was destroyed. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that as well. Like decapitated, every every limb gone, burnt. You know, in a hole, locked away. <laughs> yeah, because I liked in that sequence. If you do skip to the end quickly, uh, how the police officers were getting involved. Like all of them had just had enough of him, and it just got to the point where he's caused so much damage that like the law can't stop this, and he'd actually get involved with such a horrific like murderer being tortured and killed. And I thought that was cool as well. But yeah. j- jumping back to the start, though, um, I really liked the first jump scare. Blimey, I'm re- being really positive about a film I really hate. But yeah, I really liked the j- I'm first glad. jump scare. <laughs> yeah, for now, for now, I promise. Uh, for we now. See, when we're actually in the Myers house, we like, see the footprints on the floorboards. Um, and even though Michael must be about 60 now, he absolutely darted out of that wardrobe faster than he had ever done before. Yeah, that was and a good thought scare. That as well. Yeah. In it, it was yeah. Really great. <laughs> but I don't know about you guys, but I slowed it down afterwards. Um, it was because of how it was shot and edited together. I slowed it right down and it's actually two different shots. One of Michael rushing out and putting his hands on the officer's neck before we get a whip pan to Michael putting the officer up against the wall. So we lose about two seconds of time that it would actually have taken in the middle part to get him to the wall. And it made the whole scene go a bit quicker. And I thought it was an excellent scare. And yeah, it really caught me by surprise because it was so fast. Really was. I'm impressed. Excellent shot scene. See, that's that's why i like michael as a character like he's like mm. he is a human being you know supposedly you know i know he's evil incarcerated or whatever but like he is a human being that is just unstoppable and like he's clearly got some sort of supernatural abilities but they don't especially in these new ones they don't like massively focus on it i know in the old films they say that you know the backstory of michael smiles whatever but in these new ones like he's he's superhuman but he shows what like the, the potential a human body essentially has and that's yeah. what makes him like such a like super killer because he like, is just a person. Uh, I really like how you just yeah. described him. Uh, superhuman and kind of immortal, but not immortal at all. And I like it again, I bring it up again, how it does show a few examples of him like using his intuitiveness on how to escape a certain situation as opposed to just escape him for the sake of escaping or uh, surviving for the sake of surviving actually gives him a bit of reason to do so. Like there are some moments, of course, at the end where it's literally impossible for a human to survive. 
But again, there's some moments dotted around the film where you like truly believe, yes, he could be killed, but this is Michael Myers we're on about. And I, it does make him really scary. And what you just said there about like not really touching upon it, I think that works really well because it's the same with the face. Like no one wants to see Michael Myers' face in a film because having no face just makes it much more scarier. And I think that's the same with like explaining his backstory, his psyche and stuff like that, which the 2018 one did a bit more. Um, that's my take anyway. But yes, as ever, the film offers a slightly different title sequence. I wasn't a huge fan of the multiple pumpkins, but I really did like the shot towards the end of the final pumpkin melting whilst on fire. It was really weird because Halloween kills and actually having a pumpkin on fire because pumpkins of course resemble Halloween and Halloween is being killed by the fire. And I thought it was a really good bit of direction as well. Uh, did you guys dig the title sequence at all? Or would you prefer some of the other ones? No, I quite like this one. I thought it was cool. I was trying to, when I watched it, I was trying to figure out, okay, uh, what material are these pumpkins made of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you'd expect yeah. them to be like properly melting, but they were melting, but they were going very slowly. Because very if you slow, just yeah. set like a pumpkin on fire, it would burn instantly and it wouldn't make for very good film, would it? So yeah, Interest. maybe plastic, maybe not. Ooh. What would you say is plastic? Mm, I don't know. It's probably some, it feels like it might be some one of those fire resistant type of plastics. I don't know the name of, but mm. I imagine it was definitely something that would just make sure that it held long enough for yes. them to get the shots. But yeah. after that, it probably would be unusable again. Mm, I should have asked, where did you guys watch this? In the comfort of your home or did you go to the cinema? I went to uh, Brighton and I saw it in the cinema there. So, uh, yeah, in the cinema. Oh, cool. Dom? Streaming service. Same. <laughs> Pirate Bay, same as me. Or did you do it legally? No, I do it legally. What do you take me for? Yeah, for uh, for legal reasons, we did it legally. Yeah, for legal reasons. Yeah, for I legal reasons. I no, why would you? Why would you? Uh, why would anyone admit to illegally streaming something on a podcast? Hey, what are they going to do? <laughs> Let's be honest. What are they going to do? Well, the thing is, I don't. I don't want to tempt them to that, so uh, I don't, I'd rather not find out. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I was originally going to watch this in the cinema. Um, I was going to do like a triple header with Venom june and halloween kills but then i fell ill so i had to go home so i couldn't watch uh, halloween kills but and that's why i just like did it in the comfort of my home and mostly because the screenings for the halloween kills film i went right down like when it first came out over the halloween period there were about five showings a day and this is a few one about so usually there's uh, showings are really frequent but nowadays it's like one or two screenings per day and it's like gone right down and i noticed yesterday actually because it popped up on my sky home page that's now available on sky store so it seems like the theatrical run is over before it even really began really which mm. is unfortunate for them like they're not going to get the box office they may have wanted so but still we've got the third one still confirmed so i guess it's not no great loss to them Oh, of course, of course. And of course, streaming services probably will get them a lot of money. I'm not sure what else is on. Maybe like Amazon. What did you watch on? What service did you? Um, oh, what was it called? Peacock or something now? Peacock. Oh, interesting. I have seen that as like an available thing to watch, but I've never like seeked it out to see what it's about. Yeah, it's it, Peacock. Was it 180, like high, high definition? Yeah, 1080p. Is that, is um, that a service that yeah. you pay for? Uh, no, it's all inclusive with Sky. What? Oh, really? oh, is it? Because I remember there was a, there was, wasn't there another service that came, not another another film that came out. Was it June that came out straight to Peacock? It was uh, like a big major film. Yeah, I think unless so. It was, unless it, was, it probably was June to be fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, you, you I remember say it's seeing a lot of people saying about the box. 
Yeah, it's it's available to Sky viewers. There was um, they made a little show of it today. It was uh, available as an app on the Skybox. Interesting. So they started advertising it on Sky Store one day, and then they make it available for free the next. What what is their uh, strategy here? Yeah. What, oh dear. what are they trying to do? Yeah, that that's odd. But fair enough, you got to watch it for free and legally. I wish I was the same. But um, <laughs> yeah. And now to go to the criticisms, one of my biggest criticisms um, of this, ironically, because I did mention I did like the callbacks to the films on the contrast, the introduction or reintroductions to the characters we had little to no connection to in the first place. Like, whilst I like the alternative views of the events, I think it absolutely cramps these new characters in. And as the movie goes on, I find it impossible to keep up with who is who and what their motivations are, especially as they're coupled with older characters and other new characters, some with connections to the victims, some not. It's all a bit of a mess, really. And that's to me, personally. I'm not sure about you guys. And I found it really hard because by the end, we honestly were just like watching about five white males. And I was just like, who are you? Which one is which? And I just thought, mm. you know, change up the appearance because they, again, they yeah. just, like, the typical white man. And I just thought, you know, split, yeah, yeah. cast some long, different people. Fluffy black hair, yeah. There was a particular point where there was this kid with, uh, you know, the gunshot ruined. Mm. Um and then you see his mother screaming and he looked exactly like the other kid who was about to get killed by Michael shortly later. I've forgotten yeah. their names entirely. I don't even remember those said on screen. They probably were, but did I know them down? No, I didn't. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was, I, the, it was interesting because yeah. I was closer to losing interest with the story entirely by the end um, mm. rather than getting uh, confused by it. It was not very it was very messy it was indeed very messy yeah like the only real characters i know the names of is of course laurie and allison uh, mm-hmm. because those are the only two i am remotely interested in uh, allison karen. for different reasons which one karen karen because <laughs> uh, the main name karen oh the mother of course yeah oh god well let's talk about her because i think of course, the father died in the previous movie, I believe. He didn't die in this film. Actually, yeah, absolutely. He died in the 2018 version in Myers's house before it was set. Yeah. Like, I think the theme of, like, grief was, like, portrayed good. Like, it was very few and far between. It only, like, made, like, two really short scenes where it was the real focus um, of the movie. And even I'm that, glad I'll, they had I'll... it, but, yeah, go for it, man. No, it's just because even that I would I would actually criticize like especially really? in 2018. I know you've already talked about it already. Like the mm. fact that like the husband and dad just died and they just completely just ignored it. Basically, even mm. I thought when I watched it, as a huge Halloween fan, I was like, surely there's got to be more to this. I know in the new film they touched upon it a little bit, um, mm. but I honestly feel like there should have been a bit more. Like, oh my god, you know this major character has just died, even though he's not major to the the, the story. You know, in the character's life, he is a major character, and he's just he's just been murdered. And I I did feel like that bit was quite you know, pushed under the pushed under the rug. Yeah, uh, but maybe that's just there was a moment later in the film where like Laurie gives a speech because I did make a note of it, and I really want to. Okay, so something I had noticed was that Andy had kind of been put to the side of the story in the movie, and uh, with the little discourse saying that she stayed at the hospital with her family, uh, that was pretty much it like to do with like the grief and stuff in the in terms of like killing Myra's plotline uh but she does eventually return which is nice but at that point it feels like it had been built up to be bigger than her 
So to have her be the one to take control and say like a heroic bit of dialogue felt out of place. And it was also horribly directed and paced, uh, not doing the actress any favors. I assume it had something to do with like avenging her father. Uh, the whole point of her being there but again it didn't tip the balance back from this is a big situation to this is a situation for me and my family and the reason why that line from andy felt so cold for me and pointless is perhaps because all these new characters have their own stories and it makes laurie and her family stories feel less impactful because they're not unique which is like uh, a bummer because we're all definitely here to see what laurie does uh which in this film is like little to nothing and Jamie Lee Curtis mm. is rather wasted. Uh, but I guarantee this will be rectified in the next film as it's clearly building up for a final showdown between the pair as per the synopsis yeah. for Halloween Ends 2. Um, but yeah, like it just, the introduction to all these new stories and of course the doctor like telling Myers where to go, it just completely falls flat and it doesn't have the same intensity as the previous films do, in my opinion. And it just like doesn't give like the character of Andy much really going for her because she's like the victim uh she's the daughter of a victim but so is everyone else so why is she suddenly the one taking control of the situation why is she the focus like the whole movie sets up oh this is huge we have to get the whole community together and then it's just her quickly taking control and i don't think it was written well in the slightest though i do love the actress because she is beautiful but yeah <laughs> I, i've spoken about that before what do you guys simp <laughs> don't <laughs> deny you're the same both of you yeah she's she's gorgeous but did it have a less of an impact for you uh, with like the dad and the grief and stuff Dom? <sighs> it's difficult because i i mean i do see what they were going for in terms of representing the grief the fatherly loss and everything but at the same time it was still just a bit difficult as you say because there were so many concurrent stories in this whole community spirit michael myers has wronged us evil dies today etc it felt a bit difficult to get incredibly invested when you expected to get invested in all these people's plights at once yeah because um i watched eternals today actually i'm not sure about if you guys have seen it I'm but eternals here. is very similar because there's like nine eternals or whatever and you have to have a bit of screen time for them all to kind of get used to them. And this film is absolutely the same. And again, it kind of feeds into my criticism earlier. Now, it just gets convoluted. It just gets confusing, like trying to keep following on with all these characters. But Eternals surprisingly does it really well, in my opinion, which isn't a common phrase for that film because some people see it as a negative because they don't agree. They think it's a bit of a mess as well. But Eternals does like good groundwork to establish the characters. Mm -hmm. This doesn't. It's just like, oh, this person is called this and he is the this to this. And then it goes on to the next person. And then after the threat starts, we just go on to an adventure with all of them and some really random locations. And we're just supposed to get behind them. And I just think, no. That's literally the, the, the opening dinosaur scene. They were just, we had, what was it, Tommy? It was like yeah. pointing at random members of the audience and being like, hey, you, victim. Hey, victim. Hey, victim. And explain yeah. the quick bias for everyone. And it was just like, ah, well character introductions thank you um mm. I, I think the only one that really resonated with me with, with marion because she obviously is a legacy character so yes. yeah it's um interesting but ultimately it, yeah it, that, this film does it a lot i think like trying to establish like 
previous things because what this film did a lot was like try to establish the history of the franchise i guess it's like trying to get new people up to date with what's going on Hmm. the thing is it's in the middle of a trilogy so surely if you're watching this film you'd have seen the previous ones to kind of get up to date uh so i don't think like to cram an introductory like essence into the second part is something i don't personally need and um, I don't think we need that at all, but this film seems to be doing that. And I don't know why, because it says, oh, this character is this. And this happens. And like the police officers like say in Chibnall Bad's level exposition, <laughs> and this happens, this happens, <laughs> this happens. And I just think, yes, we know we don't need to know this. Tell him off screen or whatever. Just imply that you said it to him. Uh, but yeah, Halloween Kills. Yeah. <laughs> that was the diversion. Yeah, back to it. <laughs> Yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Right, I said, there's an awesome bit of choreography, not choreography, cinematography, after Mars murdered the fire officer in the cellar with the median close-up of his face slanted while the floorboards above him are on fire. How all the fires around him at that point but not actually affecting him shows him as like a force that even the fire won't reckon with. It doesn't show the fire like on the surface, on the grounds that he's on. But it implies that he's got like a spiral of fire around him and it's like not touching him. It's just like he is the presence in that room. And I thought that was fantastic because, of course, the room is on fire, but you don't see it. It's just him. So I thought that was particularly impressive. Any standout moments uh, for you guys in like the burning house scene sequence? Well, I just uh, the way he gutted the firefighters it was absolutely well. It was quite magnificent, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> yeah. The way he just like took the pickaxe and just slammed it into one of them, and then he took the what was it, a chainsaw of the other, then just so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like was a, a rotating thing for like cutting metal or something, which was yeah, horrific. it was an excellent systematic way of murder. That's what Michael Myers is at, is at his best when he's just doing blunt killing mercilessly. And honestly, other than the first jump scare, I think that was the best sequence for the murders yeah absolutely again talking about horror films makes you sound like a complete psychopath yeah like yeah you know that moment where x murders x that was great wasn't it this came out we're not psychopaths we're just complimenting how it was made i mean have you seen the channel dead meat have you seen the channel dead meat uh amazing horror youtuber who does kill counts of horror movies and at the end he always gives an award for the best kill in the movie so Mm. i mean if, if we're being psychotic or whatever, then I think given awards is probably another level above. Yeah, he went to film school probably just to do that on YouTube. Like, oh, incredible, yeah. incredible. Really so good, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine. But again, uh, unlike uh, Matt said earlier, I hate horror. As in... Oh, you I hate, hate horror. Oh, you hate horror. I hate good horror. Oh, yeah. And oh. by that, I mean I hate yeah. being scared and jump scared. Oh, I see. Jump scares gets me, absolutely. And like not so much the gory stuff. I think, oh crap! But that doesn't scare me as much as jump scares do because I like get pulled into it because it's like the tension is rising and you know there's going to be a jump scare. But it always affects me. And I know some people jump scares are a bit cheap, but not for me because they just petrify me. <laughs> How about you guys? Do you find the horror or the jump scares more horrific, like scary? Matt, oh, oh Matt, Matt I feel like since since I grew up watching horror films that have you know a quite a shockingly young age i'm so like numb to all horror whereas mm. jump scares are the only things which might get me from time to time so i prefer the jump scares personally just because every aspect of awesome. horror i feel like i absorbed at such mm. a young age that i'm so used to it now whereas yeah. jump scares are made to shock you 
so when they do get me i do appreciate them more yeah so you think like the psychological higher stuff is a bit cheap maybe like that doesn't affect you potentially yeah i guess mm. since like my favorite franchise of all time is like the saw films and that's obviously very psychological um, so I'm so like used to it now and I, I love those sort of films that like, they're my favorite sort of horrors because they're more like they're not like a ghost is trying to kill someone they're more like real life shit which like people could be could be doing you know what I mean yeah um, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah a bit so, more grounded realistic yeah how about how I about you so, yeah uh, I'm a big fan of horror in general but jump scares are the one thing that can still like get me I nice really don't like them even in like more recent ones in those like the conjuring movies those mm. can really freak me out and i i don't like yeah. it i i prefer just straight up gore in front of my face than to have a like a solid yeah. jump yeah i'm not the only one yes but there was a moment about the gore in this film and i think it is a very gory film probably the goriest halloween film i've seen so far but there was a moment where again it was the light scene where she has that light like put through her neck and i was like I know this is coming, but then when it does, I just squealed a bit because I was like, holy crap, he actually did it. And it was horrific. And of course, she comes back to life or whatever. She doesn't die. And I just think, oh, the, the, that's a bit shit now. But this, this still is impactful. Like before, I still felt the impact of that. And it was really bad. And you know the scene uh, where the guy in the back of the car gets a knife through his eye? Yeah. That was that's, yeah. Yeah. That was horrible. Uh, Not so much the next moment where the woman shoots herself in the head because of the door car, but uh, the car of the door. No, the door. Door of the car. Door of the car. That was just... We won't talk about that, but Mm. a bit of continuity in that scene. (sighs) Well, first of all, the woman in the nurse costume was moderately good looking, but it's the scene she's in with her partner as they go out to the car. Oh no, I forgot my stethoscope. I must go back. I was just astonished. I was just embarrassed to watch that. And it's like such a common low cliche of horror. I was just wanting something more innovative. And speaking of innovative, it did cleverly subvert my expectations when the children uh, played the prank on Big and Little John, uh, the gay couple in the old Myers house. It felt very reminiscent of 1978's Halloween. So I assumed it was like a throwback because a similar scene does happen in that. Like mm. Laurie goes around people's houses saying, oh, help me, help me. And these kids do the same. But it turns out to be like a prank. And it turned out to be a prank. And it had flipped it on his head, which I felt was really clever. But yeah, a little bit of continuity I didn't grasp was the knife that Andy gave Laurie on her pillow in the hospital. Where did it go? Like it was, she put on her pillow for her to use when she came back to, you know, activity, whatever, like back Hmm. from her coma, whatever. But then when we see her first wake up, the mother is there and the knife is not there. And then we get like the bloody clues. And I assumed the knife was hidden in there because she did wrap it up in something. So it was invisible and it was the same color. It was red. So I assumed maybe the mother accidentally dumped it, but why it would be on the chair is another reason. But then even then, we don't see the knife at all. And I just think that was a waste and a bit of continuity error, perhaps. Like, where did it go? Did you guys notice? Uh, no, no I didn't notice. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I don't either. Fair enough. But again, it's a bit of continuity. It's really noticeable for me because like the red, it's wrapped up in red, like a jumper or something. And then it's like against the harsh white background. And I just think that's very visible. And then in the next scene, it's just not there. And I think, where the hell did that go? But yeah, I'll be honest. There were a few problems with the first act. 
The positives absolutely outweigh the negatives. And by the 20 minute mark, when Morris walks out of the burning house, I was like, damn, this is again up there with the 1978 original film alongside the 2018 version, which I do like a lot. And I have read up some reviews retrospectively and people's problems usually lie with the second and third acts. Did you guys notice any like noticeable change in quality throughout the film when it went from good to bad or vice versa? Oh, shit. Um, uh, I personally did. Yeah. Um, after the first act, it just kind of devolved into more... Yeah. It became a bit more predictable. I was finding yeah. myself like feeling a little... Just second-guessing all the characters' actions and how their behavior was going to end up in the, with them killed. A lot of the kills were easy to predict. It just felt a bit like everybody had just gone stupid uh, <laughs> in a lot of the second to third acts. Yeah. I mean, especially... No, I with the whole thing with the mental patient um Ooh. that was one yeah, of what the, was that about <laughs> that was one of the stupidest sequences i've seen in a post 2000s horror movie i'm not gonna lie ah <laughs> this is where i have to disagree i first of all i found i agree with you that it was a bit stupid in terms of like rallying up everyone in the hospital but i think it's something that we haven't seen before, I haven't personally seen in such a franchise before, and maybe that is because it's so egregiously bad that I just don't understand, but you guys do as horror film fans. But I personally really liked how they hounded this guy. Well, of course, I don't like how they hounded it, but how they, again, it's a matter of like praising the film as it was made. And the first of all, this whole sequence wasn't well made, personally, because um, it had some slow motion, which, first of all, worked in some instances when they're actually bashing against the door and we see this guy, this mental asylum guy, not asylum, but just mental patient, like, slowly uh, uh, devolving and going towards the window. I thought that was really yeah, upsetting. Yeah. But the mm. whole, like, rallying up the crowds was a bit cringe and then, like, running after him. I do agree. It was a bit naff, but then the actual bashing through the windows and then we see the mother's reaction. Like, it's not him and it's like really sucks you dry. That, that, that No sexual connotations there, but it sucks you dry. <laughs> but it, it, it does. It does. It's like, it really plays at my heart personally. And then when he does eventually go out of the window, I was just like, I was actually welling up with tears. I was like, that was good. And I was just upset. And then I was just like waiting for someone to touch him. And then he just burst back to life, even though he's in three parts. And I was like, yeah, I, I wouldn't put Michael the movie part, yeah. uh, past that. But yeah, what what did you guys find so bad about the whole sequence? Um, I think I think what ruined it for me was, and you know, I, I'm a, again, big fan of the old films. I liked in the old films where I think it was like maybe Halloween 5, like the whole sort of town comes together and they're like, right, we'll kill Michael Myers together. So I liked the concept that they were doing it for this one. But the mm. evil dies tonight thing, mm. I just found so unbelievably cringe. Mm. It just... Yeah. I liked the idea of it, like, oh, yeah, you know, let's work together on this. But they just killed it with that, that quote over and over again. It was like a cult. I was like, what are you yeah. guys saying? Like, this is just weird. Mm. Like, shut up and just kill him. It was <laughs> like, just very, yeah. It was like, <laughs> It was so on the nose as well. It's just evil dies, but I've tonight. And then at the end of it, it's just like, he's turning us into monsters. We're becoming the evil, etc. Mm. It's just like, ah, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a cliche. That is very mm. much textbook. Uh, the um, what's the greatest evil in the universe? It turns out it's man, etc. Um, I just thought that the whole sequence was just ridiculous. Not only because, as well, uh, the mental patient himself is like what far smaller than Myers. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. 
He mm. and I mean, even though it has been like 20, 30 years, there were records of you know how Michael um, and what he looked like. People didn't know he was arrested. They mm. wouldn't know that he's a big guy. This guy yeah. was very small. Did he lose a foot in the mental institution or what? I don't know. It just seemed an unbelievable leap in logic to assume that this this small, timid mental patient who's clearly just escaped and doesn't know what to do with himself yeah. was a psychotic killer. And it just, mm. yeah, I, I feel uh, they're trying to say, I feel like they were trying to do something to make a statement about mental health and all that and how patients yeah. can be perceived but they really undermined it by you know having a patient be uh, mistaken for michael bloody myers um mm. when it just does not work in any fundamental level yeah. if you even think about it for longer than a minute because there's no way in hell they should have fought and also as well as that he was running michael doesn't really run Mm. Michael's always he's always and he was limping as well I think yeah yeah but again the scrutiny thing because I had uh, like a thought about this instantly after watching it and I think you touched upon it there about like it being on the news and like he was in prison so like the 2018 version we see him in prison but we don't see his face but I was just thinking the mugshot the mugshot mm. must have existed and it would have been played put on TV again we wouldn't have seen it on TV because we don't want to see his face but we know well, we assume that the mugshot was taken, it would be put on TV. So these people wouldn't know what he looks like. Yeah. And, and I guess I could see the similarity with like the grey hair, the man in his 60s motif. But again, like as you said, he's far smaller. He's far less intimidating. And I don't what I even caused it because it was very like abrupt on what just random. the motivation just was. Yeah. Saw a suspicious looking guy and they just thought, you know, that's him. Let's get him. Yeah, there was no, like, who even said it first? Like, I just thought, because it was like it that nice moment. Nowhere, yeah. It's like the mother and um, Laurie in the hospital room. And then all of a sudden, they're just going towards Amiris. But the thing is, I find it really weird because I don't think the mother caught a glimpse of the guy who was supposedly Myers until they actually got upstairs and then she kind of puts her hand around the door saying, I'm not going to hurt you. And I think that was the first time she actually saw him. But as she was running after him with like the crowd and stuff and as she was being pushed around the corridors, she's still saying in that moment, it's not him. But then how would she know it's not him because she's not seen him? And I just think that's another bit yeah. of continuity. How does she not know that it's him? She hasn't seen him. And we haven't yeah. even seen him by that point. No. It's really weird. And as well as that, she locked him in the two... She locked him in that little room. Um, what was to gain from that? Where was that going? Uh, yeah. Because she trapped him, essentially. He can go nowhere. Yeah, he can go nowhere from that. Yeah, he can go nowhere. She locks both sides of the door, of the corridor. Um, mm. If she had left the other side open, maybe he would have had a chance. Would have been dicey. But... She locks both sides, so he was effectively trapped. I can't remember if there was another room there or yeah. not, but hmm. yeah, there was nowhere for him to go. So I don't know what her game plan was. Was she just going to try and talk at them? Because they were clearly <laughs> not going to listen. Yeah, I've, that's the thing. There's just so much wrong with this film. And the more I just think about it and the more you talk about it, I just think, does anything actually make sense if you just like think about it for one second? And I guess you can just say, all with horror and like murdering movies, you have to suspend disbelief and whatever. And with the Halloween franchise, you kind of do a lot because 
how does Samaya survive? But just like plot logic, you can kind of get away with it with the lead character because it's like that era shroud of mystery with him. But as for just events that can happen in real life, because the films do make an attempt to be like put him in realistic scenarios because you have to root for the like the human characters who are being murdered. You want them to survive, of course. Yeah. You have to feel some connection. But uh, to do that, you have to put them in realistic scenarios. And this film tries to do that. And it does. The franchise does. But then it tries to be too clever for its own good. And it it makes some questionable decisions. And I think this film, again, I said in my review, I'll say in my conclusion later, I think there's an almighty drop off. And this is the biggest drop off I've seen between two movie franchise movies between Halloween 2018, which I loved, and Halloween Kills, because I loved one disliked the other and i just mm. thought what a shame because i was really looking forward to this because the 2018 one was directed really well it was written really well and then i think this one was written by the same guy who did the uh 2018 version but with a different co-writer mm. and i just think suck and being off the co-writer because i was looking at wikipedia the other day actually and i just found it like fascinating and it was like why that every single movie has like a different writer like the showrunner or whatever you could say the movie executive producer and the writer there's always a constant with whoever is making and directing the film usually they always have a different co-writer on every time and i just think where's the consistency there's too many random ideas being thrown in here and this film is really bad in that respect because I think it it could have been more concise. And for an hour 45 film, I think it tries to do too much, I guess. Like it throws a lot of ideas in, but it goes nowhere with it. And I think you could have cut some of those out and made it like hour 20. But I touched upon it then. The car scene. Again, a bit of continuity. Let's see if you noticed it. Uh, The guy who gets stabbed in the eye. <sighs> I, uh, <laughs> I want to die. Right, so I'm going to try and find this. No, okay, so another bit of ropey continuity is when I believe his name is Marcus, climbs over into the driver's seat, and in the very next shot, he's back in the back seat trying to get the back door open. That's a lot of backs, and that's a lot of crap. <laughs> like, you can forgive one continuity error, but not when there's about five, and this film has a lot of continuity errors, and like in a sequence where you already have like the door slam and shoe in the head, which is awful. You also have continuity errors where he goes into the front seat, but then he's not in the front seat and then he gets stabbed in the back seat. And I just thought, why? Now you've said that. Yeah. Now you've said that. I can, I can Yeah. Now. Yeah. You had to bring it up, but yeah, I've got to mention it, even if they are nitpicks, but continuity shouldn't be a nitpick. Like a film's got to be clear and it's got going from one place to another. So it can't go from one place to the next place and then go back to the other place for no logical reason. You get me? Like it is bad, but that whole car scene, dreadful. Any other comments about that sequence? Because there's a lot to really unpack about it in terms of its badness and like the park scene. I liked how they implied, obviously we never saw it, that Michael... As, as dark as it sounds that he killed the kid just because yeah. from what we see of michael myers he's always the guy that goes to the babysitters he never attacks the kids even though you know the kids were being let's be honest you know not very nice i did like how it showed that michael is no mercy has no recognition of you know young life old life he just sort of just kills anyone so i did mm. kind of like that concept whether it actually happened or not whether the kid escaped whatever 
That's the I thing. Kind of like how they did that. It's a bit odd because it kind of contradicts what was earlier established in the franchise that Michael doesn't really kill kids. So yeah, exactly. It is an interesting uh, way to show that he is not black and white. He is not like absolutely predictable. If he wants to kill a little nuisance, then he will. Hmm. And those kids were nuisances. But yeah, this is the moment when skimming through the film for a second time to make notes that I stopped to watch Doctor Who. And the Doctor Who episode was so bad that I got depressed and gave up. So what <laughs> you'll hear from me next is just <laughs> rambling because I have no more notes, essentially, because I just got fed up last night on Sunday night because, yeah. It's a bad night. It was a bad night. So basically, all I had to say really was hospital scene I liked the the man jumping out the window and then also the final scene which i thought was dreadful because what you had and again it's to do with continuity this film is just continuity error riddled so michael myers is outside his original house correct like in this final sequence when he's killing all the the community outside his own house and then we get cutaways to laurie's daughter Oh, I've forgotten her name, but she's on like the porch with her mother and whatever. And then in one sequence, we have these brutal murders, which are supposedly going right on in front of her. And then we get cutaways to the balcony, which is literally right there, but then they're not reacting to it. So what I thought, looking back at it, it was like a jump in time, but then that's me like adding something to it like to try to justify why it's there but it's not because in one moment it's murders and in the next moment they're right there but they're not reacting and i just think establish a time jump or something because this looks awful what do you guys think did you guys notice that because it was so clear as day for me and i had massive issues with it Matt? No, I am here. I'm, I'm trying to recall everything. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to do the same. Just buy for time, buy for time, remember what happened. <laughs> okay, so Michael goes outside to the mother, and then essentially he's surrounded, and then he gets beaten up. And then uh, Michael Myers is put down to the ground, and he's being uh, beaten, and he's supposedly yeah. Yeah, dead. Yeah, sorry. Nah, I, then, yeah, I get yeah. you now, yeah. And then in between that, so, we go to, like, Michael is supposedly dead, and then they go onto the porch to sit down and regroup and, like, catch their breath. And then we yeah. get that one shot, and then we also get other shots of Michael then being coming back to life and killing all the officers that have, like, yeah. uh, come round him. And then we get cutaways back to the porch where they're not reacting. And that was the issue I had. And it was terrible. Yeah. Hmm. Now you've said that, you feel like they'd, they'd one, hear the screams of, you know, all the officers dying for one, yeah. especially since there was like gunshots and things as well. Um, hmm. Admittedly, I won't lie. I did think that scene was awesome. Even though oh, it's obviously I, yeah. very unrealistic. Take, yeah. take me back to, you know, Tortured Miracle Day vibes. Just coming hmm. back to like, not even dying, just like waking up. You know what I mean? That's what it reminded me of, and I thought that scene was yeah. incredible. But in terms of continuity, now you've said that, yeah, it was it was quite bad. That yeah. especially with the very very end when obviously she she gets killed by Michael, you think surely you could have heard not only footsteps behind you but all the other tens of twenty you know the officers dying right there and then exactly. Because- it could have been very easy. Sorry, Don, but it could have been mm. very easy for like the film to end with him, like, like how the 1978 version ended with Michael there, 
and then he's gone and then that's the end of the yeah. film like yeah, he's gonna yeah. come back but how we actually see at the end of this film him come back to life and him like really show off his presence and his murdering spree and his like life expectancy because he's not dead i just thought that was really impressive but again the editing again that's why i said earlier the story and how it was written in this little bit wasn't bad it was just the editing on how it was put together because it didn't do a good enough job at establishing like a time jump which could have been put there in like the script but it wasn't portrayed really well at all in the uh, movie so the first time i watched it like normal just watching to see what i thought i thought you know what that was good but the editing was shockingly bad and you know the whole the script and like always come back to life i really liked but then the cutaways i still had massive issues with and then when i was skimming it i was just like this isn't a writing problem at all this is absolutely an editing problem as long as the script established there was like a ch- time jump or something, which I interpreted it to be. But in the context of just watching it as it happens, oh, at least I spied it and I just thought, this is awful. I, I, I was laughing when this movie ended with like the monologue from Laurie that was weirdly like, what do you call it? Charismatic and epic monologue, which she did, just didn't need considering she spent like 95% of the film in pain. But now she's just walking around delivering this epic speech to end up the movie. And then at the end yeah, of the movie, I, I was just I, I there was laughing. Like, I was like, what yeah, the yeah, hell yeah. was that final 10 minutes? Uh, so yeah, just to wrap up the review, really, what do you guys think of like the final act? <laughs> it's a mess. So, yeah, <laughs> After yeah, you, Matt. I thought the... the- the kill sequence, thank you. The kill sequence, I thought was really good. Obviously, so unrealistic, so horror horror film cliche, if you will. But I liked how mm. it portrayed Michael Myers once again as this human being who has supernatural abilities. Not he is a humanoid, but obviously supernatural, and he he just can survive. That's the best way I can put it. He just won't die. Mm. Um, so I liked that about it. I thought that would have just been so random. Like you just get out of hospital bed and then you <laughs> yeah. just start doing this. Sp- just like if any if if you were with your mates and you did that, they'd be like, What the hell are you smoking? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <be> like, yeah. <laughs> so I loved it, obviously the Halloween fan, but even I'll admit, it was a bit like, What the hell's going on? <laughs> it was insane. I'm I'm just laughing again. Oh god, it's so dreadful. What what do you think, Tom? Oh god, it was a mess, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, crazy. It was ridiculous and not in a good fun way either. It was just like everything, all the characters are doing stupid crap and you're just watching with your head in your hands, wondering if anybody's any sense that can affect the plot. I mean, Laurie, yeah, sure. She's fine. She's always fine. She's always cool. But everyone around her is kind of like, okay. I mean, again, that final scene with the beating uh, of Michael Myers was well well executed until they just slowed down and stopped. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, what? Yeah, he just gets up and kills them all. Yeah. They, they opened him up for that. I mean, again, as well, there's a similar po- uh, point where they're in the house and she st- stabs him with like the hoe and just takes his mask. Why would you do that? Why are you taunting Michael Myers? We're going to just stab him through the throat. Mm. To be fair, I did like the characterization of Myers in this movie. Like how there's little moments where you can really expose Michael and the characters around him see his face, but we don't. 
I really love that and how we saw the mask on the bottom and they're they're taunting him. How would you like that, Myers? How would you like that? And then he walks up to his mask and then puts it back on and he slaughters them all. I did like that. Yeah. But I completely I like agree with you, Dom, that like everything around it was an absolute mess. But how they did the mask little bit, yeah. I did really enjoy it. Not like the taking off, but him not having it on and then going up to the mask and then slurring them all. Like, this is my trademark. This is when I have this on, I mean business. That's the vibe I got. Yeah. But other than that, I completely agree. So, Matt. I am looking forward to your five star review next. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> god! If it's a five star, then fair play. But um, I, I will have to respectfully disagree. So, uh, is there anything you guys want to say or add about the review, uh, about the movie in the review before we go on to the audience interaction? Nah, I'm done. Just, just to finish off then. <laughs> okay, for a just to there finish is. off then. Obviously. It's kind of related to what you just said, actually. I liked the bit with the mask, obviously, as well. It kind of symbolised that the mask has something to do with Michael's abilities. Because if you remember in the very first film, when they go to give Michael his mask when he's at the the asylum, obviously that's when all the dogs start kicking off, all the, the yeah. patients start going crazy. So it kind of signifies that there is some relation between him and his mask. But I'm also hoping that doesn't lead into the third film, it being like the source of his powers and stuff. Because oh, I like God. how Michael Myers is just a serial killer and he's just somehow un- unstoppable. In the old films, if you watch them, you'll see that yeah. they go into detail about the reason why he's invincible. It's because he's part of some like satanic cult or whatever, which is interesting, but it's a bit like outdated now. Um, yeah. So I really like that as well. I liked, I love the music. Obviously, you can't, you can't diss the Halloween music. It's, you know, the iconic. Probably there's nothing beats it. Um, so I liked how that started playing and as he put the mask on he was just like yeah you know this 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 is Miss Bean's business you know what I mean um, absolutely I agree that was a positive Dom's just wanting to kill himself right now because yeah. he's just <laughs> thought about this film for too long it's like yeah. get me out of this call enough of call. I want to go get on something else <laughs> yeah oh so, god I is just yeah. yeah that was I mean when you think about it really not much really happened in that two hour long movie I think more happened in this recording than in the actual movie. <laughs> it's fair. Probably. <laughs> Pro- honestly, probably. So on that note, moving on to the audience interaction section. Uh, so again, we only got one tweet on Twitter. And for people on Twitter, the context is that I have been locked out of the Twitter account. So I'm going to create a new account. So if you guys do want to follow that, the link will be in the description. I'm going to set that up after this recording or tomorrow. But on the old account, I did put out a tweet asking for people's opinions. And the only one who replied was Matt Stokes. You, Matt. Yeah. And you said, oh. can't wait for this one. I see why people may not like it. But as a long-term fan, I thought it was brilliant. Do you still think it was brilliant, Matt? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, don't give in to peer pressure. Don't give in to peer pressure. Never. Uh, I just love I love Halloween I love how yeah. it's back to be honest with you so that's it you know no horror film can just come back out of nowhere and you know, do it fe- relatively well maybe not in the second film you know in the first Halloween anyway. I respect yeah. a man of courage of his convictions oh absolutely it would be very easy for him just to drop his score by like two points after this like abomination of a review like just saying oh this was bad this was bad wasn't it but yeah fair fair enough mate um, so on Airboxed uh, again, not many people that I follow have logged this film on Airboxd. 
it's surprisingly quite popular from well not like extremely popular but it's decent reviews jack byrne gave it a three and a half star helen gave it a two and a half star matt whelan also known as matt hall gave it a three star and bigfoot anon gave it a three star uh, i do want to read out helen's short review because it is the shortest review of the lot and i don't want this section to go on for too long as it has done in the past and helen said i've been avoiding lengthy reviews but seeing bits and pieces of scathing hate so i went into the cinema not expecting much but determined to have a good time anyway the first 30 minutes or so i genuinely really enjoyed and was wondering what all the moaning was about and i agree i think i mentioned it earlier i really liked the first 20 minutes uh but then she went on to say and then the rest happened i still had a laugh well laughing at it and it's bloody cringe inducing dialogue though so yeah a lot of cringe inducing dialogue and she of course gave it a 2.5 and i think we can all agree like we mentioned earlier there was definitely a shift in quality around the second act okay so as for our conclusions and scores um dom do you want to go first with your conclusion if you have one and a final score out of five stars well yeah um i would say this is just it's um, it's a step down from the prior entry. Well, I say prior entries, really. Yeah. You have the classic in the 70s, and then you have the uh, Triumph and Revival in the 2018 version. Mm. And then this happened, and it just kind of did not match up to either of those. And in fact, may have put Halloween Ends on a bit of a back foot. Um, so, I, yeah, it's, it's a shame how this has panned out, but... I'm not entirely looking forward to the next and final segment if this is how it's going to be. So yes. I'm going to say uh, two out of five. Two out of five. Okay, I shall put that into the average calculator alongside mine because, of course, I know my own score. It'd be a yeah. bit daft if I didn't. So that is the <laughs> score. Uh, Matt, what about you? Ah, uh-huh, here we go. So I actually agree with you. A step down from the last film. Um, I think the last film was like revolutionary in reviving the horror genre, which I think is desperately needed. I think the last time horror made a real impact was The Conjuring, Insidious, Sinister Days, so like 2012, 2013. Um, so unfortunately, it didn't have the same impact as it did back then. However, I feel like Halloween is taking the brave steps forward of trying to revive the horror genre. Um, for what it is trying to make a difference doing things which are a bit more braver uh, as i would refer being a maverick um so i liked it but i completely understand why people don't agree as much as me so on that note i will give it a 3.6 3.6 would you like to put it down to a 3.5 which one full star no, no, I'll do 3.5. 3.5, 3.5, okay. That's a 3.5. So that comes to an average score of 2.33. So that's a weird score, but I'll round it up to 2.5 average. Uh, I kind of just spoiled my score there. I gave it a 1.5 star. Uh, so it does come to an average of 2.3 or 2.5 if you do um, average it up. My review goes along the lines of that was laughably bad. Characters that were introduced with histories, which got me confused because they were paired with old characters with established histories. And some of the introduced characters had elderly relatives alive, some didn't, and some had or were the children of the knights. Uh, so that got really convoluted. It didn't help that a lot of the men we were following looked awfully similar too. Again, this is things I've already said. 
Continuity errors are plenty, cliches and stupid decisions that go hand in hand and an ending that was awfully scripted and or edited, rendering the film even more illogical, but the ending was absolutely the most egregious. The only redeeming things, some decent scares, the whole mentally ill man being hounded to death, which was really sad, and the core portrayal of Michael Myers. And I wrapped it up with a question. I said, is there a bigger drop-off between franchise movies between the Halloween 2018 film and Halloween Kills. And I did get a reply to that. Helen, who I did read out the review, uh, she said, yes, the original 1978 to the 1981 film. Again, I haven't seen the 1981 film. So, yeah, I can't really judge. So I can ask you guys that same question. I'm going to watch the franchise. So the question is, um, what's the bigger drop-off? Halloween 1978 to 1981 or Halloween 2018 to Halloween Kills? 2018 to to Halloween Kills, obviously. Cool. For me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. It it pains me because I was really behind the director and the script of uh, Halloween 18 version because I thought I gave it four and a half stars. I was really impressed with it and I thought it was even better than the original, actually, which may be a bit controversial to some. But then this just. Oh, it was really disappointing. And again, like Don, you said, if the next film is anything like this and not like a return to form, then it's going to be like another reboot in about 10 years' time from another director. And we're going to go through this entire process again, which is going to be annoying. Mm. Uh, because after watching the 2018, I was like, you know what? This trilogy is going to go well. And this is going to be the definitive Halloween trilogy. And then this came out, and I just thought, we're not getting that definitive, excellent trilogy, are we? And that's unfortunately ringing true but we'll see how the 28 uh 22 version goes halloween ends you guys can both come on for that again if dom you really want to if you haven't just <laughs> ended it all after this <laughs> think about it it's just like I, I have you heard the tone in his voice it's just like slowly going down because as as the review goes on he just becomes more, falling more asleep about this yeah just... it's just not great mate it's just not great yeah. <laughs> oh, it's unfortunate but yeah that wraps up today's episode uh thank you both for coming on i've hope i've hope we have entertained you see you guys next time peace out bye-bye bye thank you